0: Marvel Vision a podcast about the MCU Marvel and specifically WandaVision. We're going to be talking about episode 4 of WandaVision on We this interrupt very this program. program.
1: That's <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Wow, wait to show and not tell, Pete.
0: I'm Alex.
1: I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And Shouty Pete.
0: Uh, we are ver- very excited to talk about episode four of season one. Maybe the only season we'll all know uh, right now. It's a limited series. We'll see what happens. Alex, um, stop talking gonna... about
1: these harsh realities. Uh, yeah.
0: Jeez. Maybe this is the final season of humanity. <laughs>
1: wow, man. Alex is going through it. This this shows in your head. Pretty soon, as soon as my
0: reality bending powers, as soon as my hex powers develop, uh, that's it for all of you. That's all I'm saying. Well, if you keep eating those sketchy ass Oreos, yeah, I'm sure it might happen for you. Fair enough. That's how it Uh, works. So here's what we're going to do. First of all, go watch WandaVision episode four, because we're going to be talking very broad strokes, probably immediately veer off into theories and things like that. There's so much to talk about in this episode. Um, So definitely watch that first, because spoilers pass this point, Um, we probably could talk just quality wise, what we thought about this episode versus the other episodes, as well as theories and speculation and Easter eggs and things like that. But before we do... It's time for everybody's favorite segment, or rather Pete's favorite segment, uh, which is corrections and
1: additions. Corrections yes. And, <laughs> additions. and uh, just so we're clear, this is, this is when, as, when Alex walks us through things that he found that he said incorrectly, and Pete and I don't ever acknowledge any mistakes.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, so the first one right off, uh, this is one we called right off at the beginning of the third episode. I griped about the lack of episode titles for the show. Yes. The little caveat here is, We actually taped episode three of our podcast before they released episode titles. Now they are there. I'll read them off so I don't get them wrong. Uh, First one is filmed before a live studio audience. Second one is don't touch that dial. Third one now in color. And the fourth one is we interrupt this this program.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He gets it. So I feel
0: like there's a pattern there. I haven't really caught on to what it is yet. But Mm,
1: there's definitely something going on. I can't think of anything because of all the shouting from Pete. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, regardless though yeah that's what's going on Uh, obviously they're calling on TV tropes throughout there so that's pretty cool a couple of other things these are little easter eggs people mention to us either on Twitter or on our Patreon Slack patreon.com slash comic book club come join us hang out we've been speculating wildly about It is fun about WandaVision. Um, So one thing, this is from the first episode. A lot of folks caught on to this. uh, But Agnes called out if she, uh, I'm forgetting the exact line, but she mentions a beer and she says Mm. the beer would be named June 2nd. Uh, after her anniversary with Ralph. That was the start of the Salem Witch Trials. A lot of people caught on to this. Certainly there's been a fair amount of speculation about what's going on with Agnes. I'm sure we'll have more this episode as well. Um, But yeah, there you go. More evidence that maybe she is not just a regular resident of Westview, but perhaps the witch Agatha Harkness from the comic books. Uh, this is one that nobody thought it was as interesting as I did, but I thought it was interesting. The name of the town they're in is Westview, which is WV, just like WandaVision. I think, I don't think that's a clue.
1: No, that's just letters. That's just reading letters. No,
0: but I mean, like, what the show is doing really well, even through episode four, without jumping ahead, is they're layering in things that aren't necessarily like, this is a clue, this is a clue, but just additional things that show they are paying attention to every detail that's going on. That's right.
1: And that's not an Easter egg. That's what we call an Easter basket, which is the not fun part, but a detail that did happen.
0: It's Uh... equally (laughs) tasty, though.
1: True, Fun. exactly. Eat your whole basket. And I mean yeah, the whole the thing.
0: Eat your basket before you get your candy. That's what my parents always said. we Nice. I saved the basket
2: for last. I, I want to just say, though, in the beginning of the app, when they, uh, they ask the cops where they're from, and they say Eastview, I touched my heart because uh, Eastview Mall is where I grew up and would ride my bike to to play video games and stuff like that. So that was a, just like a little personal shout out. Are
1: you... Wait, did... Are you an
0: Easter egg, Pete?
1: Yeah, he's our Easter egg. (laughs) And eventually he's going to hatch. He's going to hatch into a full blown Easter monster.
2: They had this creepy theme song, though, that always fucked with me. It was like Eastview Mall just around the corner. (laughs) Like it was like this creepy thing that you couldn't escape if you ever went there. And I did feel like I was in this kind of like time warp trap Mm. thing, playing video games for hours on end.
0: There it is. This is great. I'm very excited about this. You're going to bring the jersey to this podcast going forward, Pete. Uh, The last two things I wanted to mention, I'm sure there are plenty more Easter eggs that we have not mentioned in the first three episodes of the podcast. Uh, One that I thought was super neat. uh, As the color was changing at the end of the second episode, you can see the Hydra facility that Pietro and Wanda were held at. It's even, like, legitimately the shot from Age Ultron yeah. uh, that they put onto the wallpaper there. Um, cool. Certainly reading credence to some theories, perhaps we're going in other directions <laughs> with this episode, which we'll get to later on. Uh, and then the last one that I saw a couple of people catch on to on the internet, uh, the house number is 2,800, which I believe has long been rumored to be the universe number of the MCU, if you wanted to put it in with the comics and everything. But specifically, it's a call out to the fact that uh, the House and Vision the series by Tom King and Gabriel Walta uh, was 616 after Earth 616, which is the designation of the main Marvel universe in the comics. Uh, so just again, I think like it's not pointing to anything. It's not like suddenly they're going to go into comic book world so much as we're getting more fun Easter eggs and attention paid to detail.
1: Right. And the um one other thing the headpiece um from mm, right. uh, uh, what's his name? The villain Grim from Reaver? the Vi- from Grim Reaper, the the Vision yeah. series, um, that is uh, at least partially, perhaps, used as a source material here, was hidden in the um, credit sequence. I want to say the title yeah. I, sequence? I
0: think we. I feel like we talked about this actually Did because we? we had a one on a whole riff about Wonder Man and whether they're going to turn Vision into Wonder Man at the end or something like that. Yes, but again, there's probably many more things we didn't catch on to. Let's move into episode four proper. Before we talk about Listen. plot points or anything like that, because a lot of stuff is going on here, uh, this, of course, is the episode that does, as I speculated, took us oh, outside. <laughs> Hold for applause. That. Hold for applause. Don't, you fu- don't
2: like list the things that like points that are like. Oh, I missed all of this, and then be like, oh, I got this one thing right. I mean,
0: I mean, you I'm gotta to be proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to well. call gotta when you see it, back it. somehow.
1: Yeah, cred. I mean, how many uh, times did Babe Ruth point to the outfield and then he finally hit a home run? Right? <laughs>
0: hey, one out of 100 is still one out of 100. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, That's a hell of anyway, a lot. This is the episode that takes us outside. Uh, we loop back to the very beginning. We go back even to the blip, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Big deal oh, right there. Yeah. Follow Geraldine. She disappears into the dome. Uh, we get to see outside with Darcy from the Thor movies. We get to Cat. see Jimmy Wu from the ant Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah. I was about to say Ant-Man movies, but it's just in the second one, uh, they're all teaming up together with some new folks, trying to figure out what's going on in the dome, and by the end of the episode, uh, we loop back to where we left off with Geraldine, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau, that we kind of knew that based on casting, uh, pop it out there and say, Wanda, it's all Wanda, this is her fault, and that's where we leave off. Um, so that's the broad strokes of the plot, but uh, what do you guys think about this episode? Very different episode, obviously, because we're not in sitcom land. At all at this point. Yeah. I was, like, geeking out when we saw kind of, like,
2: the dust reverse uh, from the movies where it was, like, people coming back. Yeah. Uh, I was, like, holy shit. I just, like, really – I thought it was really cool the way we've been in this separate TV world (laughs) and then kind of went into what we know and love from the movies. So I I thought that was really – cool crazy way to start
1: it was and how do you feel about this one justin um i think there are two things that really stood out to me um one the way that they were able to just really drop into um the marvel cinematic universe tone here having the first three episodes are very much their own thing and then instantly it was like oh this is this is a series of scenes um that could be in any marvel movie and i love that the sort of it's amazing that they're able to do that so quickly and how much I, as a viewer, love the, like, like one-liners, um, action. Oh, Everything's yeah. moving very quickly. But at the same time, we're really getting character moments. It, they're so good at that in um, all the Marvel shows and movies. Uh, and the second point is just how they wrap everything up in this episode so that we can move forward from here into, like, a totally – the actual story of the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I've been worried about Pete – Yelling at me all day. At this point, that I'm about to say, he's definitely going to be like, "Yeah, no, fuck you." Uh, oh, so I'll, I'll just pull the bad night off here. Um, wow. I really like this episode. I agree with you guys. Just seeing the MCU, like cinematic, like literal cinematic nature of it getting the cold open, going to the Marvel Studios logo, going into the main episode, wrapping everything up. Super awesome. Well filmed. I loved a lot of moments that I'll definitely be talking about. I also think this was the weakest episode of the series. So far. What the fucking <laughs> shit are you talking about?
1: That was like when your, uh, your dog is waiting for food and you hold it over his nose for like a couple minutes and then finally throw it in his big old mouth.
0: He, here's why. Is,
2: I we can't was great. keep living in crazy town. We need some reality no, so we can- Here's why. Enjoy
0: it. Here's why. I agree with you. I think this episode was necessary. Like so I said, I liked that. it. I liked it. I didn't hate this episode. I'm not saying it's garbage. What I'm it saying sounds is like that's what you're saying. Something that we've been talking about, or at least I've been talking about, with the first three episodes, is I've been trying sounds to look like at them as like talking. an episodic nature. Like, how do they work as an episode of television? Because even though they produced Falcon and the Winter Soldier first, this is the first chance we've seen Marvel Studios do a TV show. So are they yep. trying to do the classic oh, it's more of a six-hour movie... Or are they actually trying to do TV shows? So far, they've been really successful on multiple levels in each individual episode of layering in little tiny bits of the plot, making it work as a classic sitcom, but also tying into something emotionally with Wanda and Vision. Here, I do think there was something thematic, definitely, which we could talk about in a second. But on an emotional level, it felt like more it was filling in gaps in the plot versus having that strong emotional theme weaving throughout. No.
2: No, it was going back and being like, all these weird things we're going to explain so you don't seem like a crazy person who's Mm -hmm. hanging on to this stuff, being like, what does this mean? What does this mean? We're going to kind of go back, show you from a different vantage point of what's going on. So then when we get to the end of the episode and we're right back in the emotion Mm -hmm. of
0: like after she gets thrown out. Now we're really feeling so you things. feel like it's the sort of thing where somebody explains something and then they explain the same thing back to you, but in a different way.
2: No, what it, I'm saying is you can't say garbage statements like this is the <laughs> weakest episode when this episode explained things I'm, so you could be enjoy very clear. It I'm talking forward. about you, Pete.
0: You were explaining yeah. the thing back to me. Yeah, that I just that's said. that's what we're was I happening. know. We're agreement. I know we're in agreement. You're just ignoring the last point that I made, Pete.
1: I feel like Not I'm agreeing. entrapped in a um, Scarlet Witch bubble um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> with an especially shouty episode uh, uh, here, Here's of what I think
0: was going on. I mean, I'll just throw it out. Oh, here, hey, let, let me suggestion. say. Yeah, let yeah. me say.
1: I think you're, you're both actually right. Like, this dramatically was the weakest episode because they had to do all the work that Pete's talking about that he was looking forward to. This is like a classic middling episode where, you know, you have your fun. You eat your, you eat your steak. Then you got to eat your vegetables before you get your candy. Uh, and this is the vegetables okay. and here comes candy when we get to see all the ways they're going to confront scarlet which and i think they yeah, gave us Justin- they gave us tastes of that when we get to see the her hex powers activated we get to see the stuff that we're like yes we've wanted this but we're mm-hmm. still not getting it so it's a explanation episode t- tied in with like little pieces of what we're going to get next
2: yeah but here's the thing as you get older the vegetables become something that you look forward to as well,
1: okay? I mean, that's not there true about you, certain... for instance.
2: <laughs> okay, well, fine. You know, me aside, but normal people yeah, would agree Pete, that... like me, know,
0: is a basket-first kind of guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that uh, regardless of how... I just can't believe you guys want to say this is a... Sh- Shitty episode when there were so Nobody many great moments. Literally. We both liked it. Literally, <laughs> literally, both of you people, you called it a middling episode. I you did, said I, it was the weakest one of the thing. I was saying, Justin, pay yep. attention. But so, like was... the thing is, it what it had those great Marvel moments, which is why we're all here. So saying that this is a bad episode is insane Nobody to me. Said That's it like was bad saying episode. Oh my god.
1: What, I think what what it is, though, is the first three episodes had these great – especially the first two for me – had these great breathtaking moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. That's such an interesting way of doing that. It's so meticulously done. While well, this dropped back into a form of storytelling that we've seen before, that we've seen in the movies, mm-hmm. and it's a welcome – I'm welcoming seeing that. But it doesn't have those big swing moments that I think really made it stand out in the first oh, two.
2: Oh, Really? When you got to see what Vision really looks like, that wasn't a big swing, you That was cool.
1: That was cool, but it that wasn't you know, a big what swing. What are you talking
2: Here, can
0: about? We, can we get away from this? Because I feel like we're going to yes. get stuck at a... peak. Right, well, set up. me
2: up for like madness and then get mad at me when I fucking react how you wound me up
1: to react. You've
0: set me up for madness. <laughs> 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 That's my favorite part of King Lear when he shouts that. <laughs> yeah. Your fault.
1: You, you daughters of mine, you set me up for madness. Uh,
0: classic. <laughs> Classic scam. Uh, here's, what I, here's what I did like about the episode that I thought was really smartly done. It was more an intellectual theme than an emotional one. And what they were playing with here, I think, is the idea of people viewing and analyzing and breaking down TV. Like, it's kind of an obvious thing, but I like the fact that they got to a point where in the middle chunk of the episode, Love the Stuff with Monica thought that was really good, but she disappears for most of the episode. So it's hard to hang it emotionally on her. The stuff with Darcy and Jimmy Woo, they're reacting like us, the TV viewer. So I think the theme that they were playing with here was spoiler culture, Easter egg culture, analyzing these things. You need to look no further than uh, Jimmy Woo at his whiteboard, jotting down the very things the viewers have been talking about, which is a smart, cheeky meta thing to do but also something that potentially they could have taken and pushed a little further but i like that what is there it made the episode feel richer um throughout also i'm going to have, hold back from saying anything else there because i don't want to poke the bear one more time thank you also poke, poke the fact that,
2: that like you had Jimmy Woo whiteboarding it and then Kat being commenting on it and being like, Oh, I'm so into this. Like mm-hmm. uh it was really just a fun kind of yeah, both. Worlds uh, I mean type the of implication
0: thing. there, this is very much jumping into the episode proper, which I feel like after seventeen minutes of a podcast we probably should do. <laughs> but <laughs> no, that's not your wow. fault, Pete. Don't give me the finger. It's all of us. We're oh. all at fault here. Uh, is uh that there seemed to be an implication that there are more episodes than we've seen, right? Like, yes, that she's been binge I that was watching cool. this. She was the binge watcher. Uh, Jimmy Woo is the guy who's analyzing it. He's looking for the Easter eggs, trying to figure out the mystery, uh, it, which I thought was great. Like playing on those two levels of how we view TV shows. I thought was pretty neat.
1: Yeah. Who watches the binge watcher? Um, mm-hmm. I, I agree that that felt like definitely a sort of a, a very slight hum underneath the whole episode of like, what t- most a lot of TV now is just like sort of hangout TV, like watching people hang out. And this was like watching us watching this TV show in an interesting way, <laughs> uh, which I'm always here for. Uh, but I, I also think it added some nice little small turns into the mystery, like you're saying, like the fact that there are other episodes. What actually makes them transition between different eras of television? They they ask that question, and we don't know the answer. I feel like it might be the outside influence. Uh, from from S.W.O.R.D. or from whatever, Wanda gets unsettled in the era of television, so she has to reset. It's all about her resetting once a mistake enters this reality that she's created. Um, and so I thought that was fun. They do a good job of really laying in the mystery uh, in little clues throughout the series.
0: Uh, let's jump back because we kind of skip past this moment, and I know Pete mentioned that he really liked it, but I definitely... Right at the top of the episode, when they started with that great shot of the dust floating in air, and I was like, "Okay, is this Scarlet Witch? What's going on?" But immediately when it started to reform, I said, "Oh shit!" out loud when I saw it. It's one of those things that I think is is such a great touchstone for bringing you back into the MCU nature. Here, we've as far I don't think we've ever seen an unblip, right? Like we've seen.
1: At first, I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, this is a weird thing. I don't know. And then I was like, oh, of course, it's a reverse of the blip. Like, that was very cool.
2: Very cool, because it was like this thing that the movies pass by. But because we're doing this TV show, the fact that we can kind of live in this moment at a hospital where people are just running around like they're all coming back and just like seeing these people appear Five years later was just so intense. And then watching somebody come to the realization yeah. of that is just
0: unbelievable. Well, and I loved, I mean, this, this is definitely, we were talking about this also, not to keep plugging our Patreon Slack, but we were talking about this a little bit about what it movies like you, you need bug. to watch beforehand. It's super necessary, not just to watch Endgame, but also Captain Marvel before, before this, because yeah. you hear Captain Marvel over Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, over Monica Rambeau reforming. Uh clearly we find out that her mom has died, which is super oh, sad. sad. Uh and then we get a little hint of her with the uh captain was she Maria Rambeau? Is that Maria, what it is? Yep. Mm-hmm. uh Maria Photon, Photon Rambeau, Photon. which we got in the movie yeah. as well.
2: That uh, was super fun. I was happy we got the picture because it was a not I was like, all right, wait, where is the Rambo that I know? And mm-hmm. then when we saw that's when it Rambo. really clicked
1: for me seeing her picture. The Rambo, you know I the Rambo you know. Than the the Rambo you don't know. The the Rambo you don't (laughs) Rambo. Uh, I was also going to say the fact that the snap was such a big part of the uh, Infinity War endgame movies, I feel like another franchise might be like, all right, we did that. Let's move on. But Marvel does such a good job of owning every piece of the mythology here. And to use that as, like you said, a touchstone, I think is just so smart and really keeps us always invested in everything that's come before.
2: I mean, I would love it if, like, movies do things and then the TV dives into the minutiae of the all the little things. I mean, that... Yeah, that's great. Very
0: nerdy and very cool. I was l- losing it. So as we're kind of starting to walk through here, I think two other things that we potentially could talk about. Uh, one... Uh, sentient weapon observation and response department. That's what we yes. encounter pretty quickly. Uh, that was established by Maria Ram- Rambeau uh, up until she died. She passed it off to this guy, Tyler Hayward, who doesn't seem suspicious at all. Uh, but <laughs> in, in the comics, it's a uh, sentient world observation and response department. Uh, there's definitely hints that there's something more going on there. They're starting to build weapons. Oh, yeah. just other walking so, through... What are your theories? What do you think's going on here? How does this, Does this tie into WandaVision or are they setting up other things for down the road? Uh, What's your take?
1: feels like they're setting up other things um, for down the road. I think um, the fact – the difference between weapon and world I think is huge. Sentient weapon are like humans. They're like superheroes Mm -hmm. essentially. So the fact that they're trying to control them sort of reminds me of the comic book Civil War, the Iron Man side, the Hero Registration Act. Like a lot of things in the comics that end up being – villainous or something that the heroes have to rally together to defeat the other side is sword it was a big part of a scroll of like defeating the scrolls and the scrolls um uh, one in disguise i mean it shapeshifted into sword to try to take control of it over a ton of different comic book stories maybe that's another direction we're going to get here
2: yeah I mean, yeah i mean oh, go ahead the me. fact that like when they're walking through and it looks like they're building giant evil robots uh i was just like i think that was a space shuttle uh,
1: eh, was it maybe a know. sentinel Ooh, there we go
0: there it is uh this is a crazy connection i did want to talk about this just because we're talking about this uh suspicious guy tyler hayward um some people caught out tyler to, don't trust the, anybody with that name 100 <laughs> uh there's no tyler hayward from the comics but there was a character named brian hayward who was on Agents of Shield? He was working for Hydra. He was part of Project Centipede, which is like the superpower spine thing that oh, they did. Oh, yeah, a while. I remember that. Yeah. People, we talked about this before on the podcast, but people have picked up a lot of potential connections to Agents of Shield. What are the chances they're actually going to tie into Agents of Shield versus just kind of like skim the surface there or ignore it entirely and it's just coincidence?
1: I think. At at most, skimming just like most mm-hmm. people, skimming the surface of Shield is sort of the way that it, it happened.
0: <laughs> Pete, you think I don't know? Full on I mean, the Calvary's uh, well, coming.
2: I it, yeah, it would be interesting if it was like a Shield versus Sword type of thing that could happen. I don't know. I'm I'm very excited for uh, more Shield references just because I want
0: to get Colson in there.
1: I well, mean – uh, and Coulson, the Coulson, this
0: is interesting Coulson actually was in there he was in Avengers <laughs> Yeah you know <laughs> shit dickhead I'm talking about I cool think things.
1: I think I think Jimmy Woo is our our Coulson for um perhaps right. the going forward um, he it, it's really cool to see him here and I think um the Ant-Man and Wasp connection obviously but also Starting to think about him from the comics, who he goes on to be, to run Agents of Atlas, which is this whole other organization that I think, uh, could be fun.
2: Plus, I really hope that, uh, you know, he does get a family. It sounds like that's something he really wants. You know, it was a that's a nice. little moment there.
1: And he also, like, to carry on his sort of game and style from the original uh, Ant-Man and Wasp uh, movie is is super fun. He's such a different energy from Kat Denning's character, who is <laughs> just, like, yeah. sarcastic and in everybody's face, and he's just sort of, like, goofy and being funny in a totally different way is, is great. Uh,
2: I really did like the way kind of, like... Cat showed up, walked through all the kind of like madness and, and was able to kind of like, uh, uh right so, the ship.
0: Two quick things about that. Uh, one, Jimmy Woo introducing his card, he finally learned the card trick from Ed ah, out of the Wasp. Great. Super yeah. fun. So Just fun. A fun little bit there. Uh, and, uh, Darcy, she's now uh, got a doctorate. So that's very exciting. We last saw it, I I think, in Thor The Dark World. So that's pretty cool. Uh, The other thing that I had a question about, and I think this is like classic action movie stuff, and it's fine. And I'm not mad about it or anything like that. But it was very funny to me that after Monica disappears into the dome or whatever it is, uh, there's suddenly hundreds of people there. But the only people who are doing anything are Darcy and Jimmy. What are the rest of these people doing? (laughs)
1: Yeah. well what, i mean I, they do say it? It. it they do say it's a huge cross uh cross organization cross military um uh, thing so there, i think there's a lot of people just being ready in case something emerges from there i think it's soldiers yeah. uh mm-hmm. setting there's a perimeter just
2: yeah studying the force field and stuff like that i mean they're the people who care about what's trying to happen there are other people there for different nefarious reasons and so interesting s- oh, yeah. oh yeah oh yeah who you, you mean trust- like, like you get a giant group of people like that not everybody's on the same team there like
1: people's overcharging other people for bottled water and stuff
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah like selling so, t-shirts mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. there's probably for a sure. hot dog man hanging out there and he's like yeah they're five dollars now
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> I used to sell them in this empty field, and then all you people showed up, and now I'm charging five.
0: Now I'm going to be able to retire. So there are a couple of interesting things talking about this staff that's working outside here. We find out that the beekeeper, as, as oh. far as we know, nothing to do with aim, potentially, that was kind of our theory there, uh, yeah. but actually is working with S.W.O.R.D., crawls through, and gets changed into this beekeeper once he passes the TV annihilation Whoa. wall, whatever it is. Yes. Yeah, but not, all, not only the beekeeper, but then
2: one of the worst jump ropes ever made. Do you guys remember that jump rope? Mm-hmm. It was like the wor- It would pinch your skin when you were trying to use it. Oh, just seeing that jump rope made me so angry. Well, and how long? ago how how
1: oh, go ahead. Sorry, Pete. How long were you on the Olympic jump roping team as a child? <laughs> I know this is a no, big issue for you.
0: Uh, it was just a shitty gift that I had to use.
1: Uh, sorry Alex well, you probably hey, had a... I ho-
0: listen if any of you kids out there are listening to this uh, use your shitty gifts too alright you can make the Olympics someday <laughs> like Pete
1: yeah like Pete did uh,
0: I do think it's interesting on that note we, we talked a little bit about Geraldine slash Monica having the clothes that she had in sitcom world when she came outside same thing happens with this jump rope coaxial cord whatever it actually is um, so that was kind of fascinating as well to see some things are left over some things do make it outside
1: well, I think that will become an that's actually an important yeah. point, I think, because it shows that what Wanda affects in the bubble lasts after the mm-hmm. bubble after it leaves the bubble or after the bubble goes away. For instance, At her least children a little bit. Her children right, perhaps.
0: Oh Yes. Yeah. I mean I think the two big ones there are her children and also Vision, who we get reaffirmed the Marvel Universe knows he's dead. We do get that horrifying moment. Great. So well done. But the way that was shot with him uh, blurry in the distance and then cutting to the close up, like he is caved in on his head from Thanos pulling out the gem in that earlier shot. But we don't get that reveal until she turns around. Um, We're jumping over so many things that we probably need to get back to in the episode. But let's talk about the end here where Wanda sees Vision clearly dead, convinces him that he's alive, says she's totally in control. And then Monica reveals outside Wanda, it's all Wanda. Uh, Maybe I'm overthinking it. I've certainly been of the opinion for the first three episodes that, yes, this is Wanda. This is all Wanda. And the second I heard that, I was like, no, there's something else going on here.
1: Somebody else is in control. Really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's where Agatha Hark- Harkness comes in, because I did think it was interesting. There's the montage where they're um, naming all the townspeople and what roles they're playing, and we never get Agnes, obviously, here. So yeah, I yeah. think that just shows that she is definitely um, outside of a normal townsperson. Um, I, I don't know. I th- I took another fact to hear the other way. They talk a lot about the CMBR The Mm -hmm. background radiation from – or relic radiation that um, was there from the Big Bang. I think that is a a signal of just how powerful powerful she is and the fact that what she does is permanent. Like it's like Mm – it's permanent as the Big Bang was.
0: Yeah. I mean the popular theory is this is how – Monica is going to get powers. She has powers in the comic books. She's probably going to take on the name Photon. To take it one step further, I don't know how much I uh, believe in this, but there's certainly been a lot of speculation about maybe this series is going to lead into mutants in some way. Certainly, Miss Marvel lives in New Jersey, and we know that's coming up pretty soon. So if there is some sort of Wanda explosion, M-Day style event or something like that, where it just irradiates... All of New Jersey, and gives people powers. That would be pretty funny, right? New oh, guys be coming scary. from New Jersey. All uh, will meet from New know, Jersey.
1: Want... Bummer. Oh, I'm a. That it. would be no
0: yeah. way, man. Wolverine, total uh, hairy dude <laughs> <laughs> from the yeah. beach. Oh yeah. my god!
1: Pumping. Hey, it's oh. me, Wolverine. Hey, you like hey, Bruce me, Springsteen? Wolverine, <laughs>
0: the situation howlit <laughs>
1: Yeah. Everybody's dream, because yeah. I, 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 I I don't think that's what the way they're going to go. I, I think it, it cheapens mutants as a thing in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe to have it be just a an offhand creation of the Scarlet Witch.
2: I I had the opposite reaction, Salvin, when when she was like. It's all Wanda. I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, that would explain why she went in and then all of a sudden was kind of like mind wiped. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know who she was until she touched Wanda's hand. And then she was like, oh, and like got right into character. So I feel like it does make sense that Wanda is
0: through this trauma kind of creating this whole thing for Uh, herself. so a couple of quick things about the residents, just because we talked about that. Uh, most of their names, as far as I can tell, don't mean anything uh, except for the guy who plays Herb is named John Collins, which, by the way, I thought it was a very funny you note know, where they were like, Herb played by John Collins, Mrs. Hart played by Sharon Davis. Yeah, that was very really funny fun. in-joke thing. Uh, but John Collins, who plays plays Herb, and Sharon Davis, who plays Mrs. Hart, are both art directors on WandaVision, so yeah. I don't think that means anything. That's just a fun little Easter egg they put oh, in there. A nod. Uh, also, I definitely don't think this is an Easter egg in any way. It just made me laugh, but Mustache Man, uh, his real Jones. name is Harold Copter, which is basically helicopter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very close, uh, which it just has a doofy name. There you go. Uh, and then the other, uh, there was one other thing. Oh, uh, let's talk about Agnes and how she does or does not connect to whoever's in witness protection, because that's a very offhand thing that they throw out. That's the impetus for Jimmy Woo being there at Westview, is because the person in witness protection has disappeared. He uses him as a pronoun, and then Darcy enters he. So we can kind of assume it's a man. My first thought was, oh, okay, Agnes is the one in witness protection. Probably not. Uh, who is it? Like, that's got to play in at some point, right?
1: Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. It could, maybe this is where we get the Grim Reaper and the Wonder Man connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's what sets her off initially, because we do need to find out what triggers this trauma, because it it clearly wasn't the death of the vision like we had speculated. It's something, It seems like it is. I think that's the, that's the underlying issue, but that's not the, the actual catalyst that caused her to take over this town with her hex powers and build this TV reality. Something happened there, and we just don't know anything mm-hmm. about what that is, and that may be the mystery that we're going to unravel going forward. I think it will have to do with Agatha Harkness, Agnes in there, and whoever this missing person um, is going to end up being.
2: So just real quick, so you're saying if somebody you love died, you wouldn't go to New Jersey, kick everybody out of a town, and then start your own town based on television shows that you saw from your childhood?
1: I mean, are you saying if I have Scarlet Witch's powers or I just have to myself go to a town in New Jersey and be like, hey, get out of here. I'm doing a little play about my dead friend. I'm going
2: through a loss and I need
1: to work this out. Yeah. My friend Pete died and he wanted me to come to this small (laughs) New Jersey town and take it over briefly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very briefly, turned it into Tommy Boy, a fantasy no! of Tommy Boy. Please, uh, I, I'm with you, if Justin. I, die, I think beyond you've
2: got to reenact Tommy Boy.
0: Uh, I reenact. Re- I mean, this is what sort of in my mind pushes the no. They're telling us too early that Wanda is the villain of this piece. There's something else going on here. Um, to throw out a couple of theories that are probably very wrong, but the person in witness protection could be Ralph Agnes's husband, who keeps getting mentioned that we've never seen. Uh, no. It's also possible. Like, it could be a villain, it could be a Strucker, like we've talked about before, or somebody from HYDRA, who had to be in witness protection, uh, started Abe there, and that's, there was some sort of inciting incident event that kicked Wanda into high gear here. We don't have enough information yet, but it's too much of a dangling detail not to follow up in some way.
1: I I also think, go ahead, Pete. Go ahead.
2: Uh I, I was just gonna say the fact that Kat is watching the shows and taking notes and then the commercials came up and she didn't say anything, to me it kind it of is. felt like uh that it would be Hydra. Uh, that that would be the Yeah, it they, is very they
0: funny. Feel like they're not quite look looking into enough theories
1: hundred percent. They're treating commercials like actual commercials of TV show, Like, oh, we need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the bathroom. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. no, those Sports are clues. Be...
0: <laughs> those are big
1: clues, you guys. Pay
0: attention. To this. We don't need to see this. Uh, this uh, one. one other clue. And again, maybe I'm re- reading too much into it. Uh, but those weirdly ripped cops from Eastview right at the top of the episode definitely <laughs> felt like there was something going on with them. Like they were a little too ominous, I felt, for what the role demanded.
1: I feel like those are somehow creations of Wanda as well to try to keep people out. And their like mm-hmm. job is to turn people away who might happen to go in despite the sort of hacks on the town. Um, but Jumping back a little uh, bit, though.
0: W- oh, wait, sorry. One last thing that I want to say about the cops. I didn't catch on to this. This is uh, Brett White, a friend of our show who we work with, caught on. But their license plate does say 1966 on it. And that's oh, wow. the year that AIM was introduced in Marvel Comics. Wow, know. that's a deep cut. That's a know. deep cut nice. right there. Just throwing that out that's, there. That okay, could ahead, also John. be <laughs> pretty
1: arbitrary. Because I do think, to your point earlier <laughs> yeah. about who's causing this, um, the fact that in the comics Agatha Harkness was the next door neighbor to Vision and Scarlet Witch and was observing Wanda, I feel like maybe in the years since Vision died, her powers started to deepen and maybe she's losing mm-hmm. was losing control of them. So Agatha's there to monitor her as a danger because she's sort of losing control. And then perhaps this villain that was there is someone who, um, who is pushing her powers, pushing her trauma, which causes her to finally go into this fantasy world. Yeah. And that would, I think, play into the Grim Reaper Wonder Man side of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, Before we move on here, we've certainly speculated quite a bit, but uh, there's lots of other great moments of the episode. Pete, anything you want to call out in particular?
2: Well, I just um, I couldn't get enough of Kat in this episode where she talks about like uh, she has so many great one-liners and it's just also really fun how quickly she's able to like assess what's going on, process it and make decisions like that whole clown car comment and the way she was breaking it down like they have no idea what's happening all of us in here are just kind of like a crazy shot in the dark Uh, I did really like how, like, she she, broke down, like, she washes dishes once an episode, barf. And then the uh, twins, what a twist. I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, what about you? Any moments
1: you want to call out? Uh, The whiteboard, I think, is something we didn't really talk about. You do see on one side of it, scrolls sort of on the edge. I thought that was interesting. And then the first question up top is why the hexagonal shape? Yes. Which I thought was something, um, I don't know exactly that feels like a clue as to maybe.
2: Um... Yeah. Cause there's a beekeeper and then the, that shape, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do
0: wonder getting back to the aim theory, you know, we talked about the hexagons, I think in the first episode of the podcast. Uh, so I like that we weren't necessarily on the wrong track with that. Um, yeah. But what if it is again, I know I'm like sticking with this thing, but like, what if it is Wanda, into this because Vision is alive. She has kids. She's happy. So that's what's keeping her along. But at the same time, her subconscious is giving out clues of aim with the beekeeper, with the hexagons, with these other things, sort of shouting under everything that's going on to try to free herself.
1: I think that's true. And that that keeps her uh, as a hero, I think, uh, throughout mm -hmm. the story, because I don't think we would want to lose that.
2: Yeah. Also, I, I liked the, again, this Thing that Vision doesn't like what's going on, like the shot mm-hmm. of Vision, kind of like, "Hey, what's wrong, Wanda?" And she's like, "Everything's fine. Let's go watch something." He's like, mm. "You know," so like, I'm glad that they're kind of keeping that theme going on uh, uh, for what's to come. I feel like there's going to be a real Wanda Vision showdown at some point,
1: and I think an emotional showdown, and something where maybe Scarlet Witch will have to give up her love for him. Yeah, And a great great
2: use of Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix there at the end. That was really nice.
1: That's another thing I wanted to say that you see the credits are starting to be influenced by the content of the show in the background. Maybe I hallucinated this, but isn't the dead, (laughs) the dead vision head in the background Mm -hmm. of the credits? It was. So I thought, I thought that was interesting as a little, little nod there.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about what's on your vision board for the next episode. Justin, you want to go first?
1: Um I I feel like we have to jump back into the the Wanda side of it um and get back into some TV after this episode. This was a nice break, but we got to get back to that those big breathtaking moments we saw early and then uh my long-term vision board um is one. I know I just literally said the opposite of this, but is Wanda <laughs> being set up as the next big villain? Is she perhaps what? is she perhaps being positioned uh, the, the multiverse of madness. She seems like she could oh. be a big creator of that or queen of that or something. Does this series push her into that way and then this becomes the true first step into the next phase of the cinematic universe?
0: Hmm. Pete, what about you? What's on your vision
2: board? Well, for me, it's who do we send into the bubble next? Like, who do we, now that this failed with Rambo, who do you send after Rambo? You know what what you about like, Rambo?
1: the force mm. of freedom.
2: Yeah. Right. But blood. I'm just saying like, who do we have on the roster that we can send in next, uh, to kind of get, get more information, which is what I'm excited about. Rambo, We already yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah or, I, oh, I got a good
1: one. How about Jersey Wolverine? This new character we created.
2: <laughs> Forget about it. No, I feel like we are going to go back into the sitcom world a little bit. But I'm excited to see who uh,
0: Jimmy is going to kind of get on his team to send in next. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, uh, Getting back to what we talked about right before this section, I think the thing that I'm really looking forward to is Vision exploring this more. You know, we got a hint of this. Yeah. I think the first three episodes really worked as an act. You know, with an emotional arc, with thrust, with everything. Potentially, what we're getting here—the this three-episode chunk—is more okay. What's going on in the outside world versus the inside world? But what I want to see is Vision explore his instincts and continue to push this, because he's dead. So if he tries to go outside this dome. What happens to him? What happens to him emotionally oh, oh, yeah. when he starts to maybe not trust Wanda quite as much? Uh, we've seen them together now. Potentially, we see them break apart. Uh, that's going to be very emotionally fraught, and I'm excited and nervous Pl- to follow it going forward.
1: I, I think Plus he turns into whole thi- I think he turns into a Roomba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if if Vision leaves, that's so how I so got my season- Roomba. Yep, season two will Who's be one Vision
0: for your Roomba. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, that is too much. Roomba's, See,
0: Roomba's slogan is "Every Roomba was a husband someday." Oh my God, that's <laughs> yeah, awful. That's exactly uh, right. You, the second that, by
2: season, by that logic, you could be turned into a Roomba.
1: That's the fear we all have. Yeah. Season two, uh, Wanda, Wanda Roomba.
2: I just wanted to quickly talk a little bit about, like, topically having this right now, this like bubble going on, while we're all kind of living in this like dome of. Oh shit! Like I can't go outside with all this without all this stuff on. It's kind of crazy and freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's a good point. It's very timely, <laughs> and uh, I'm freaked out. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> As we start to
0: wrap up here, a couple of things to plug. You can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come back out. We would love to chat with you. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Socially, Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, start with the basket first, everybody.